Welcome to another episode of Mostly Sports. This is your host, Keon St. John. How are you doing this evening? Hopefully you're doing excellent. Today was National Signing Day, 2019. It's basically where all of the top high school kids in the country, football players, choose what school they're going to go to. Uh, it's a big decision for these kids. Uh, big decision for the families of these kids because their family has a lot of input as well. Uh, but it's also a very, very happy day for these young men. Uh, you know, they work very, very hard to put themselves in this position. And, uh, you know, be a lot of moms crying, a lot of dads crying, brothers, sisters, nieces and nephews, all proud, uncles and aunties, all proud to see uh, their family member get sent off to school and pursue their dreams. Now, you know, everybody obviously has hopes of making it to the NFL, which is great because a lot of them will. But we all know the numbers game and a lot of them won't. But what they all will have is an opportunity to get a free education. And uh, that's huge. Not just a, uh, it doesn't stop just with the four year. If these kids want to pursue a master's or a PhD, school will pay for that as well, you know, on these full rides. So, you know, this is, this is a big time, big day for the kids. I'm always very, very excited. National Signing Day every year. Being a former college football player, I uh, played on a smaller level, junior college level, but, you know, I still uh, get that feeling and definitely feel the joy when I look into these kids' eyes every single year because I know their life is going to change. And it's just great to see the work that they put in, and it's great to watch the maturation process. Some of these kids are going to fall off. Some of these kids are going to go right through um, and get to the league, and they're going to do everything they're supposed to do so you know it's it's, it's an exciting time and, and i'm happy to share it with you guys today let's get down to it national signing day 2019 top 20 class let's go you guys i'm, pr I'm pretty sure if you follow college football you know who's number one in recruiting this team has been number one probably six out of the seven last year, maybe seven to eight of the last year. Uh, and the one time it wasn't was last year. That was number two. So, you know, this is how you build a program. Uh, one of the ways how you build a program. You know, you, you get a, you be at the top of the class. and I mean, the world is yours from there. I'm talking about the University of Alabama. If you're an Alabama fan, you say stuff like Roll Tide. I don't say stuff like that, but if you're a Bama fan, that's the kind of stuff that you say. <laughs> well, uh, Alabama, once again, number one recruiting class in the nation. Uh, Nick Saban is, is a master at this. He's a master at getting in these kids' homes and building a relationship. And Alabama has really been able to uh, stay on top of their game to where even if, you know, 
even if they don't win the national championship, they're always around it. So this is why they win so many. This is why he has five championships is because when you have the number one recruiting class. And then, you know, you also develop these kids because these kids are not robots. They all don't pan out and do exactly what they're supposed to do. But you have, you have a good support system in place. Uh, if these kids, you know, uh, good family system, good communication between the coaching staff and the family, uh, then you can develop these kids and make them out to be who you think they're going to be. And in most cases, even better than they thought they was going to be. So, you know, it's Alabama once again at the top of the recruiting class. Number two, we're going to go with Georgia. Georgia, uh, University of Georgia. Kirby Smart, a uh, Nick Saban disciple. He was a defensive coordinator at the University of Alabama for about seven years. So he's really brought the Alabama blueprint to winning over to Georgia. And you can't duplicate that everywhere, you know. You just go to a school and you think you're just going to do what uh, do what you've learned to do or, or, or what you want to do because you have a good blueprint. But location is everything. And it lucked up that University of Georgia is one of the hotbeds of the recruiting class, you know. Most of these kids... You know, come out of the same, like the top kids come out of, most of them come out of the same top states. Uh, most of the kids come from Georgia, Florida, California, Texas, and Louisiana. Now, I, I think you could even say Alabama, I believe as well. But for sure, I know Louisiana, uh, Texas, California, Georgia, Florida. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't any other good kids across the country because obviously it is, it's plenty, but it's just way more concentrated in those particular areas, you know? So yeah, some good kid in Indiana, some good kid in New Mexico, but it's not a whole lot of good kids in those places. So, you know, that's the difference of it. Um, so Kirby being a ex-Alabama defensive coordinator really stood behind and learned a lot from Nick Saban. Uh, he's really taking that blueprint over to Georgia. I will see if he can put that to use. We'll see what that turns out to. But to have a number two recruiting class, very good. Kirby Smart, very good. Number three, Texas A&M. Another SEC school. All right, here we go. Top three recruiting classes in the nation are all from the SEC. Now, that says a lot. Now, Texas a and wasn't an original SEC school. Uh, they formerly was in the Big 12. And if you ask me, uh, they should still be in the Big 12, they should still be in the Big 12, but it's a lot of money in the SEC. Uh, 
it's a good alliance that they did. Big 12 was a league that was darn near, darn near about to go under, as far as you know. Adding schools and subtracting schools, you know, a lot of these schools, they're looking for stability. So Texas A&M took that, took that leap, and now they're in the SEC. So that's three SEC schools at the top. That's that's huge. You know, I'm not an SEC fan, but it is what it is, man. Uh, they get players, and they get them every year. All it takes is a coach to bring it out, you know, and here they are. So Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, number three in, in the nation. Jimbo Fisher, formerly a Florida State coach, Florida State head coach, won a national championship with Jameis Winston. Uh, Texas A&M wooed him over there, offered him a contract, 10 years, $75 million, and he did what you and I both would have did. He took the job. He took the job, and uh, see these Texas schools, Texas A&M, Texas uh, mostly, both of them, they're the two top in, in, in the state of Texas. They're, they have endless amounts of cash behind them. That oil money plays a big, big part because they both both schools have new, have great facilities, new facilities, new locker rooms, sponsors out the out the Yahoo, all over the place. So, you know, Texas is a hotbed. Um, they've been they've been paying to play for years, but now they finally got some 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 good coaches there. And Texas A and M has one in uh, Jimbo Fisher down there in College Station, Texas. So Jimbo Fisher bringing that Florida State blueprint over that he had and recruiting well. And Texas A&M, number three in the nation. That's big. I've never seen Texas A&M this high in the recruiting class. Now, pause. Excuse. Uh, I still have a little cold, so, you know, might be a little coughing. Voice might go in and out, up and down. Uh, pardon me, and thank you for your patience. Back to it. Number four, University of Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. That's a real good, uh, good head coach. Another young coach, similar kind of built in the in the Sean McVay uh, template as far as he's just a young offensive wit uh, mastermind. Really, that's what he's known for. Um, really, I see him. He'll be in the NFL within the next ten years, maybe five. You know, but. Uh, Jerry Jones has already offered him a job to be the head coach of the Cowboys. He turned it down. He turned it down, which was smart. He just got to Oklahoma. You know, enjoy yourself, and, and you'll be able to you go to NFL whenever you want. That's always going to be there. But uh, I think he's doing the right thing by staying and developing his coaching staff, developing his coaching style as well, so he can be ready and prepared for the next level. But Oklahoma, they've had a lot of success. Two Heisman Trophy winners back-to-back, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. I'm going to take a step right now and pause and say, uh, interject this little information. You know, this is what I talk about as far as you want as many four- and five-star kids as you can, but everybody can't get them. The key programs, what they have, what they do a good job of, do a good job of is developing their players. Baker Mayfield was a walk-on at University of Texas Tech. He went to Texas Tech. 
He walked on. Uh, he got hurt. So he won the starting spot. He got hurt. They cut him from the team. He goes as a walk-on and signs up with Oklahoma. Now, walk-on me, he has no scholarship. His parents was paying his way. So, you know, it's just a guy with a book bag going up to the football facility. You know, guys are getting signed like today on Saturday, right? The big guys. And then there's regular guys that just want a shot. Baker Mayfield was one of those dudes. And he was developed well. He developed and turned himself into a, he was like a two-and-a-half, three-star guy who turned himself into a Heisman Trophy winner. Number one uh, pick in the NFL draft. It is not an exact science. You just hope to develop your players. And that's what makes Alabama great. And, you know, Clemson as well. They're the two top teams in the, in the, in the country. We'll say that. The two best programs in the country. We could say that. Uh, you, you develop and flourish your four and five star guys to where they play like four and five star guys. But then you take your two and three star guys and you develop those guys and you turn those dudes into four and five star guys. That's when you got a program. You do that on a consistent basis. Now it's all hit and miss. You're not going to hit every run. You know that. You know every hit is not going to be a home run. You know that. But you know if, if you just hit a good average, then you know that's how you keep a good program. You keep funneling, funneling these kids into the program every season on a rapid pace. I mean, I'll tell you, this college football recruitment—it's a year-round thing. Today, signing day, I'm going to tell you how the schedule's going to go. The coaches are going to go home and spend like a week or two with their family. And then they're going to be right back on the road recruiting again for next year for the 20 kids and the 21 kids. So you just keep going. You keep going. This is how you keep feeding your program, you know. College football is really a 24-7, 365 kind of deal, you know. So, there it is. Oklahoma, though. Lincoln Riley. Uh, for your information, uh, the former quarterback at Alabama, Jalen Hurts, graduated from Alabama, which means he could immediately transfer schools, and he will be the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma this year. So, we'll see how that goes. Oklahoma, though, number four. First Big 12 team, that's a that's a good place for them to be. I was surprised to see Texas, the University of Texas at number five. Tom Herman is the coach, formerly the coach, the head coach of Houston, the University of Houston. So Tom Herman with Texas right here at this number five. That's impressive. You know, I told you, you know, about Texas and the resources that they have. Where money is not an option, you get the best of the best of everything. Because that oil money... It's like it has no no bottom, you know. It's a bottomless pit for real. So they finally got a good coach though in there. Tom Herman, he's a tough dude. He coaches tough, and he's trying to feed that program and get him back up, having a top five recruiting class. That's damn good for Tom Herman and the Texas Longhorns. So now, now we got our first. 
our first surprise of the top 20 National Signing Day. Excuse me. Oregon. Oregon, uh, University of Oregon, first Pac-12 team. It's great for Oregon to be in the top 10. That is huge. Oregon was like number 20 or something last year. But maybe maybe, maybe between, I'll say between 16 and 20 last year. It might have been lower. I'm just going to give them a little credit. University of Oregon, for them to be in the top six, says a lot about their coach, I forget the I forget the guy's name. Uh, I'll work on it. I'll find that out. I forget the guy's name. But their head coach, uh, for him to be able to get a top recruiting, top ten recruiting class number six in the nation, it's huge. And for it to be the, the first Pac-12 school, which means Oregon has the best recruiting class in the Pac-12. You normally used to hearing teams like USC, Washington, Stanford. As far as being having the best recruiting class, no, not this season. It's Oregon. It looks, I mean, they got a bunch of good kids, but what gave them a big boost is they have the overall player in the country, the top recruit, ESPN number one recruit of the whole country. He's the top guy, I forget, I forget his name, but he plays defensive end. So you'll see him when he's out there, true freshman defensive end. Uh, he's number one dude in the country, and they got him. He was getting recruited by Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. I even think my Notre Dame was in the mix for him, but Oregon snatched him up. Snatched him up. That's impressive. That's impressive for the University of Oregon. We'll see what they do. They do have a quarterback, Justin Herbert. If he doesn't get hurt, he will be a top-five pick. You heard it here first on Mostly Sports. Hey, all right, here we go. Number seven in the nation. Number seven recruiting class is the University of Michigan. Um... Well, you know the story about Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, he's great. He's taking this recruiting stuff to another level. Um, he, it just has, it hasn't translated quite on the field yet, but I'll give, you, I'll give you guys two examples of the kind of stuff he does with his team and the kind of way he recruits. He, he is a, once, excuse me, one of the times when he was at a kid's house recruiting them, you know, these coaches only get a certain amount of time, only a certain kind of visits, only a certain amount of hours. So you have to use them and use them creatively. He spent the night at one of his recruits' house. <laughs> Coaches don't do that. You know what I'm saying? But he did it. He slept downstairs on the couch. And the kid's mom made him breakfast in the morning. And, you know, it was a big old thing. And he got the kid, though. He got the kid. He got the kid. That's what matters. So that was impressive. And he also took his kids. He took all the kids to uh, where he take them. We take him. He took him. I forget the country, but wherever the Pope is at, in England, is that England? I believe so. Forgive me. Forgive me on my world affairs. But he took him over there and stayed for about two weeks. Uh, the kids can use their phones for a week. Um, they was able to bring one family member. Hey, that's impressive. That's impressive. You, you take your team out there, so. And he always gets players, too. Jim Harbaugh. And those kind of things are supposed to build chemistry. But it has to translate. 
University of Michigan number seven. They always get good players. It has to translate, though. He hasn't beaten Ohio State in four years. He should be able to do it now. He has a better shot uh, since Urban Meyer retired. Um, and they haven't won the Big Ten. They had the conference at all. They haven't made it to the playoffs at all. So he's going to have to step it up, and it has to translate to the field. Uh, the Michigan fans are hungry, and they want blood. Number eight, U, uh, University of Louisiana State, excuse me, Louisiana State University, LSU. Now, Louisiana is another one of those hotbed states. I, I, I forgot if I named it or not. I'm not sure, but that's one of those states where they always have good players. And LSU was almost like a, a, I don't know, fraternity or club. And I say that because it really doesn't matter what kind of season that they had. A lot of schools, you know, if you have a bad season, it's going to knock your recruiting down. LSU, no matter if they're good or bad, no matter if they have a coach, uh, no matter who the coach is, rather, they're always going to have a good recruiting class and a lot of players. Always. Players love LSU. And I've heard uh, from a lot of commentary that one of the best places to go to a night game is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to an LSU night game. I heard it's a wonderful experience. I heard it's a lot of great, uh, how can I say this, uh, after-game activities that the fans can partake in, and, and they have a ball, and they turn it up. They turn it up well. So I'm a Notre Dame fan, so my first, my first place to go is South Bend. South Bend, Indiana, go watch my Irish, but I tell you on my bucket list is definitely to visit Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and go to an uh, LSU game at night. Yes, I'll have a Notre Dame hat on just to, you know, show the folks my side, but uh, I have a lot of respect for all of these universities and the atmosphere that it is, you know, that really uh, fosters a good football program just to see the support for the kids and, you know, the energy down there. So LSU is one of those places. I got a good coach at Ogeron at O. Decent coach. It's not good yet. Decent. I like him, though. He's a tough guy. Uh, you want to look him up at O, and you'll get a you'll get a uh, look him up on YouTube, LSU head coach at Ogeron, and you'll get a laugh. I guarantee it. By listening to him talk. <laughs> he talked like he got six, six frogs in his throat. Like in the middle of his throat. And it's hilarious. So listen to him. Imagine him screaming at his teeth. <laughs> I promise you'll laugh. All right, let's get back to it. Number nine is Clemson. Now, this is another thing I'll be talking about as far as the development of these players. Clemson is number nine. But I, they, but we just witnessed them beating the brakes off of Alabama in the national championship game, right? So, them being number nine shows you. It's like they're number nine. But this really shows you that. You, so, obviously, they don't have all of the best or the most four and five star players coming in right now. Obviously, uh, there's eight teams ahead of them. But it doesn't matter. Because they develop their players no matter what. I've seen Clemson win a national championship. That year they won it. 
with Deshaun Watson. They had a recruiting class. It was like number like 11. So it doesn't matter really where you're at. You just really want to, if you develop your players and get the best out of them, then you will be successful. You know, you can't get guaranteed. Nobody, you know, nobody knows injuries and what's going to happen, but you put yourself in a good position. And obviously Clemson, you know, is a new big dog. We could say Alabama and Clemson are the best teams in the country. They're a step ahead of everybody else. Everybody else is trying to catch up. So a lot of respect for Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson University down there in the state of South Carolina. Uh, he's really created a program. Clemson wasn't always like this, if you didn't know. Clemson was terrible mostly when I was growing up. But he, uh, Dabo's turned that into a real, a real, a real program. So Clemson comes in at number nine. Penn State at number ten. Penn State's trying to get over the get over the hump. They're gonna try. They're gonna have to. I want to see who they replace uh, the the QB, um, Trace McSorley with. That's what I want to see. Uh, I like their coach James Franklin, formerly the coach of Vanderbilt University. Uh, so they come in number ten, you know, and you know the Big Ten always comes down to. You know, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Northwestern sometimes. And, you know, that's about it for real. So, you know, Penn State got a shot. They got a shot to, you know, to, to stake their claim. You know, if they win their conference, they're probably going to make it to the playoffs. So, we'll see about Penn State. Number 11 is University of Florida. Dan Mullins, the head coach, formerly the head coach of Mississippi State, also he was uh, the offensive coordinator at the University of Florida years ago underneath Urban Meyer when Florida won those national championships with Tebow, Percy Harvin, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, you know, so he basically, you know, got the, got some good game from from Urban and, you know, went to Mississippi, went to Mississippi State University and, and it made them much, much better. He left that program in a much, much better state than it was when he left. And excuse me, than, than it was when he got there. But uh, took this Florida job, and then really he's done a great job at Florida. He's bringing these kids in. In Florida, like I said earlier, is one of those states. Now Florida's a tough, a really tough state because you got Florida State there. Also, you got the University of Miami. And to a lesser degree, FAU, Florida International University, uh, or excuse me, Florida Atlantic University, you got FAU, you got UCF, University of Central Florida, and you got USF, University of South Florida. And I'm sure some more schools on here that I left out, but, you know, uh, University of Florida has a lot to fight with. But as you can see, they went in that fight. They're the first Florida team on this national on this list in the top 20. They're the first one. So, Dan Mullins did a great job of uh, bringing in players early. He just got there maybe last season was first year and, you know, making them relevant again. You know, used to Florida being good and they haven't really been good. Haven't been able to, to, to you know, have won since Urban left. So, you know, a lot of futility out there down there in uh, Gainesville. So, but, you know, Dan Mullen. Did a great job bringing in a good recruiting class, and it's it's tough when you don't have a great season 
they had a decent season, but they're really trending up. You know, University of Florida is trending up. Now let's go. Number 12, University of Notre Dame, my team, go Irish. Uh, I'm really happy with this standing, with them being number 12 in the nation because, uh, let me tell you, it's, it's really hard to get into Notre Dame. It's a little different, kind of like Stanford, you know. So I'm not just being biased it's because it's Notre Dame. It's because, you know, just like Stanford, it's, it's, they consider themselves academic institutions. So they make it a little harder for the, the regular Joe, the regular athlete to get in. You really have to go through a lot of hoops, but uh, they've been able to do that. Notre Dame has and uh, get another get another 12. Or drop in at number 12 in the, in the national side of the day. So, in the recruiting. So, you know, that's impressive. We'll, we'll see what that turns into. Uh, but let's go. Go Irish. Number 12 in the nation. Number 13 is Washington, the second Pac 12 team. And uh, I am a Notre Dame fan. So, whoever they play, I'm rooting. I'm hoping that they kill the opponent. That being said, I'm from the West Coast, San Diego. Uh, so that means I, in this college football world, I always have one eye on the Pac-12, you know, and I need the Pac-12 to be better than what they have been. Washington needs to be better. USC really needs to be better. UCLA needs to be better. I don't know what's going on with the Pac-12. They need to wake up, though. They haven't been good these past few years, and the SEC has been running things. To be honest with you, it's been the SEC, and it's been Clemson. The Clemson is in the ACC. But so uh, the Pac-12 needs to step it up and do better. They've been underrepresented for a while now. So I'm really interested to see what Chip Kelly's going to do at UCLA. You see UCLA on this list. I'll get to USC in a minute. But, you know, Washington coming in and small Washington quarterback this year will be a transfer five-star Jacob Eason. A, a grad, uh, not a graduate transfer, but a regular transfer. He was at formerly at the University of Georgia, but he lost his spot to a five-star quarterback by the name of Jake Fromm last year. So you know, a lot of these kids can't handle. Can't. It's two sides of it. A lot of these kids can't handle competition, and then also, I mean, if you know that you're really, really good and that you can play somewhere, that you can start, and you know, you take that chance. And I don't have no problem with a kid just trying to transfer so he could play as well. You know, I'm an ex-player, but I see both sides of it. You want to stay, you want to, you know, fight and and work your way and pay your dues. But you also don't want to waste these years because they go by fast. You only got a few years there and you only got a few times that you're going to be able to make an impression. So you want to make sure you're able to do that in Jacob Eason has a new opportunity at the University of Washington. I want to see what happens over there. Number 14, University of Tennessee. I was very impressed with University of Tennessee. Their head coaches, Jeremy Pruitt, also formerly defensive coordinator for the University of Alabama. Now, Jeremy Pruitt is real good for them, Tennessee, to be number 14 in the nation in recruiting due to the circumstances that they have had a bad season. They have had bad seasons. They've been bad for like ten years at least, probably longer than that. We'll just say ten. They've been bad. They had like three wins, 
couple seasons ago, maybe like four or five last year. So when you're bad like that, it's tough to get kids because you got to sell a vision. Kids really got to buy into your vision. So uh, it's more like, hey, I haven't, my team hasn't been, this team hasn't been good, but with you, we will be better. And we're going to be better in the future. We're going to get more kids like you. We really would like you to come help our program and be a, and be a, one of the main guys to, to get this thing started. And, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to sell a vision. You can't sell the past. A lot of these schools with Alabama, Alabama has a whole other pitch. Clemson, they have a whole other pitch. Their pitch is, hey, we look at these rings. Look at these guys we send into the NFL every year. It's pretty simple. You know, like for real. So the Tennessee pitch is different. That's why I respect how they can be number 14 in the country after coming off such bad seasons. That says a lot about their program. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt and what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring them back. Let's check that out. Number 15, University of Auburn. Now, Gus Marzahn, he always, the head coach of Gus Marzahn, he always uh, has like a, up and down years, back to back, up and down years. You know they won a national championship with Cam Newton, but then they'll lose five games, and then he'll come back. They beat Alabama that one year, and they beat Alabama like two years ago, but then they'll lose like the last three games of the year. So they're always up and down, but they always got players. It's really going to be what kind of Gus Miles on the head coach. Uh, what is he going to be doing? What's going to be his approach? He's going back to calling the plays this year. Fired the offensive of coordinator. So, I know he just signed a seven-year, $49 million deal. But they don't care about that stuff in the Southeast, in the SEC. They'll, they'll, they'll fire that dude if he has another bad season. I promise you that. So, uh, we'll see about that. University of Auburn, number 15. Number 16, University of Ohio State. Ohio State. Is number 16 because Urban Meyer uh, resigned. Uh, he had a little scandal. Uh, I can get into it. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of it. Basically, one of his coaches was abusing his wife for years, and it came out, and Urban Meyer tried to act like he didn't know about it when the abused wife was texting messages back and forth to his wife. So we know how that go. He wanted everybody to believe that his wife didn't tell him that information. When we know that uh, she did, we know that. You know, you got a wife, you got a girl. You know, that kind of information, you're not gonna be able to keep that, especially with him being on the coaching staff. And it also was pictures of her, like bruised up and stuff. So he ended up resigning. He 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 got he missed the first four games of the year. He ended up then he ended up resigning at the end of the season. Ended up getting pushed out of it. Uh, I would like to say pushed out of an office. They escorted him out for real. So he's gone, and they dropped all the way number sixteen. Normally, Ohio State is really in the top, top five, top three, top two kind of you know recruiting presence. That's normally where they are. So it shows the effect of Urban Meyer. He resigned, but we'll see. Uh, they got Ryan Day. Ohio State is also one of those. Teams like LSU, where they always got players, no matter what. People love Columbus, Ohio. They have great, 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 uh, great fans, great support, great boosters. 
almost done. Thank you guys for bearing with me so much. I appreciate it. Number 17, Florida State University. I don't know what the hell is going on with Florida State. Uh, I expect them to be much better than what they is. Willie Taggart, brand new coaches over there. Uh, so, you know, they've been mad though for about the, uh, two years now. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was there and it was bad his last year and it was bad last year as well. Uh, Notre Dame played Florida State last year at Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat the crap out of them. Now they didn't beat the crap out of them because Notre Dame had better players. Florida State is still Florida State. They got dudes. They're just Willie Taggart has an organized team out there, you know, and he's gonna have to show some discipline. Really, they look like it was in a spring game sometimes during the season. So he needs to get Florida State back on track. Florida State needs to be good. Number eighteen, USC. Now Clay Helton, uh, he got work to do. USC needs to be better. Me being like I say, a West Coast kid, obviously. Notre Dame is my team. We play USC every year. I hope we beat the brakes off of them every year. But other than that, you know, I need USC to represent the West Coast in the proper manner. They need to get out of the slums. They need to be getting to the playoffs. They need to be repping for the Pac-12. USC needs to get off of their butt and figure it out. You know, Pac-12 needs to stand up. The SEC is dominating. I'm going to say it. They, they are. And I don't even like, I root against them. I root against them, but they dominate. That's just what it is right now. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the SEC and it's Clemson. So it's like the whole SEC conference and then it's Clemson. That's been college football for like the last like five years. Number 19, South Carolina. Will Buschek, formerly the head coach of uh, Florida. He was at Florida for a couple of years, so you know, he's in a tough position, man. South Carolina really doesn't get a lot of good players all the time. You know, and it's funny because it's just a different set of program. This is South Carolina University, but Clemson, who's balling and doing wonderful, is in South Carolina as well. <laughs> but they're doing great in South Carolina. They struggle. But they're in a tough conference, though. They're in a tough conference as well. They're in the SEC, and they got to play better in Georgia, Texas A&M, and LSU, you know, so... It's tough when you got to play those teams, but it's tough when you're trying to get yourself going. Uh, you got to play those teams. But uh, World Bus Champ, that's, that's not a bad class. And, uh, maybe they could do something. Maybe they could pull off some upsets. We'll see. South Carolina University, number 19 in the nation. Number 20 is Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, they've been really, really bad for the past few years. So for them to be having a top recruiting class is pretty good. It means that. Uh, Scott Frost, the head coach, ex-Nebraska quarterback, has been having to sell his recruits. Um, this vision that I was telling, telling y'all about, a vision of the future, you can't sell them on the past when you've been playing bad. You got to say, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to be the one to help change this thing around? You know, recruiting goes like you have to connect with the head coaches of these high schools. And then you identify a kid, and then you get to that kid's family. And you talk to his mom, you talk to his dad, you talk to his sister, you talk to his brother. Nice for real. It's really like this, especially these huge these kids, you know what I'm saying? 
uh, these, these stars, these four or five star guys. This is part of the recruiting. This is it. It's a shark, shark eat shark world for real. Uh, his girlfriend, you, you talk to her. Hey, how you doing? Take this, you know. Tell him, <laughs> you know. So uh, you actually courting these kids constantly. You texting them. You calling them. Just to stay on it, stay on their back. But you get in through the family, you get in good with the family, and you got a good, a good start. You get in good with the mom, you get in good with the dad. They gotta help you get in real good with the kid. So uh, that's it, though. Top twenty national signing day. Thank y'all for being with me. Alabama's number one, Georgia number two, Texas A and M four, three, Oklahoma four, Texas University of Texas five, University of Oregon six, University of Michigan. Seven, LSU eight, Clemson nine, Penn State ten, Florida eleven, Notre Dame go Irish number twelve, thirteen is University of Washington fourteen, Tennessee fifteen, Auburn sixteen, Ohio State seventeen, FSU eighteen, USC nineteen, South Carolina twenty, Nebraska. So, uh, God bless these kids. Uh, Hopefully they take advantage of their opportunity and also realize that even if, uh, God forbid, they go in there and blow out their knee on the first day on campus, their, their education is still paid for. So, like I said, all these kids won't make it to the NFL, but all these kids have a chance to get a free education. And, uh, you know, that's what's up. So... I'm going to let y'all go. I know it's been a long one. Thank y'all for riding with me. Uh, I know my voice sounds terrible, but I had to get y'all this information because that's what it is. National Signing Day 2019. Congratulations to these kids and these families. I know you're proud of them. All right. Thank you for being with me. Please remember, win with class, lose with class. I'm out.